0: The following is a Kingfisher Media production.
1: You are listening to the What I Like About You podcast. I'm Alexis Erlin. With me is my co-host, AC Fisher, and today's guest, Amanda Nielsen. Amanda, welcome to the show. Guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's really great to have you. Amanda has uh, she's had some experience with podcasting she's got a show called It's Really None of Our Business. Check it out and she also has she was telling me a little bit about this podcast which is actually perfect because the title is called Tell Me More so <laughs> Tell Me More with Amanda Nielsen um, I want to hear a little bit more about that later and then she also has a really fun show on YouTube called Social Barware definitely check it out. It's just its really fun. So <laughs> yeah, those three things, check it out. Amanda Nielsen, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: (laughs) Oh dear. I don't know where to start. You know, like it kind of sounds like I'm just some internet whore and I just (laughs) want everybody to see me and listen to me on the internet, but that's really not me. (laughs) Okay. The the whole podcast thing is like fairly new to me. It started because my husband got into the YouTube world. He's a plumber And he, Uh one day he came home with this idea, he was going to start a YouTube channel. And I was like, who are you trying to be? Like, are you trying to be famous? Like, what? Why? (laughs) For what reason? Like, why would anybody want to watch you on YouTube? And he was trying to pitch it to me, like, it's a business, like, just wait it out, you know, and he had kind of discovered this whole community of people. And essentially, he learned how to build a YouTube channel. And two years later it's actually doing really well and making money and it's crazy but anyway so about you know a few months into it he goes why don't you start a podcast like you're so into talking to people and everything I was like all right (laughs) so I did Yeah. yeah now I'm like hooked I just love it like and I'm like there's people who create content and there's people who consume it, and like I consume mm-hmm. a shit ton of it. Like, why wouldn't I create mm-hmm. it too? Because like I, don't, it's better than sitting in front of Netflix. Like, there, what else is there to do? It's COVID, so
1: right, right. It's like we're already overworked and underpaid. We might as well do something we really enjoy. Yeah,
2: and it's <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Like I get a lot of joy out of just having conversations with people. So like, like I always say, like I might as well record them and have other people listen, and whether people want to or not, I don't know, but. <laughs> I like it. <laughs>
0: well, I've heard somebody say that like podcasting is where narcissism meets delusion. So, which <laughs> yeah. end of that spectrum are you on?
2: <laughs> I think I'm closer to the narcissist side actually. Me and Monica were having that conversation on one of our last episodes actually, and she's she doesn't think we're narcissists, but I'm like, "Who?" other than a narcissist recorded themselves having a conversation and put <laughs> it on the internet. I'm like, everybody, you guys want to listen to this, right? Like, of course you do. Like it's me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. talking about nothing. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But-
0: no, I just like Monica's great. I I met her actually through her other podcast and like, we kind of hit it off right away. It's, and like, I don't want to throw her under the bus because she's a great person and she's like one of your best friends, but she 100% is a narcissist.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, nah, no. Nah. You know, I, I like I kind of joke that we're narcissists. I don't actually like there. I don't know. like, Do you guys know the actual definition of narcissist? Yes. Let's try to diagnose me here. Yeah. Right, yeah. Let's see. <laughs>
0: <God>. <laughs> well, oh, it's the thing. Man. I mean, we, we don't really know each other at this point in the conversation. So like this is normally where we're all sort of looking at each other thinking that we got a good idea of like who the other people are yeah so like yeah. at the end of every episode we we like to like finish off with like go- making a round of like hey like what do you like about the other people here but maybe for this one we should try something a little different let's start off by thinking <laughs> like just based on a snap judgment what do we think is wrong with each other and like <laughs> Alexis Perfect is question. like, her. one of her pet passions is offering back alley diagnoses of narcissism to people in her life. Let's see how she shoehorns you into the narcissist box.
1: Oh, God. I was just going to say, I was like, I don't know. I got to take some time to like observe her behavior because, you know, narcs, they're like, you know, a lot of them are like compulsive liars. I'm not going to just believe whatever she says. <laughs> mm,
2: I got to tell you, I right. lying is like, I cannot lie like you're, that's what a liar would say but like, I gotta, like, <laughs> be conscience. like I'll tell people the truth about things that don't even like they don't even care because I'm like I just want to like justify you things all the time uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> okay what else is there <laughs> did I pass <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's one thing <laughs> no if we really like it's like we could you know totally make this into a boring episode about you know diagnosing narcissism but like really like like do you feel like you know yeah what do we ever feel ask ourselves enough like what is wrong with me yeah like and how do I compare to other people and why am I comparing myself to other people
2: you know what I learned actually just I don't know I want to say about a week ago because I don't okay so I don't smoke a lot of pot I don't eat a lot of edibles because whenever I do I find I get like really critical of myself and really paranoid that's like a very common thing a lot of people have that but I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast and he said Mm -hmm. that he likes to get really high sometimes and put himself in really uncomfortable like situations. Like he'll go on stage really high or he'll like get, you know, in like one of those places where like everybody's looking at me, I'm so stupid. What the hell? And then he starts judging himself and he said he really likes it because he can like use that criticism of himself to like, kind of work on himself. And I took that Hmm. and I'm so into it now. So my favorite thing to do now is to get, like, I'll eat an edible and like go for a walk and like, just start like thinking about all the things I hate about myself. (laughs) And then I'm able to like work on, I don't know. It's like a way to critique, like if you take that feeling that you have of like, Oh my God, like what do people see when they see me? And you know, like, why did I behave that way? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I find it kind of cool.
0: (laughs) That's actually not well, I, yeah. a, a bad approach, because if you think right. about it, it's like, I don't think most people spend enough time like doing the self-diagnostic and trying to think, okay, like, where am I horribly messing up? Yeah. And what you're describing, it sounds like you're kind of like beating the hell out of yourself as a form of self-love because you're doing it yeah. to improve.
1: <laughs> <Kind> right <of. laughs> no I get that it's like a form of meditation kind of when, you know when you're doing it with purpose and yeah. you're really kind of you know taking away that anxiety when you don't usually want to go there yeah and then just relaxing allowing yourself to kind of you know think about those things yeah I think that's I awesome th- I think more people should <laughs> just I kind think of chill and, like, start thinking about it
2: There's different kinds of people, though, like, because it goes for, that's the way that I learn. That's the way, like, I need, I've talked to Monica about this before, too. Like, I learn kind of by shame sometimes. So, like, Hmm. the fear of people shaming me or judging me teaches me things and stops me from doing a lot of things. And I just assumed that my kids are going to be the same way. So I was telling Monica the story about how my son was acting like just obnoxious. He was being ridiculous. And I was like, Colton, nobody is going to want to spend time with you. If you behave that way, you're not going to have any friends. Everybody's going to be annoyed of you. And Monica and my husband both were like, what is wrong with you? You don't talk to a six-year-old that way. And I was like, why? Like, that's a good way to, (laughs) yeah, he's six. (laughs) That was
1: beat into my head. Yeah, that was beat into my head when I was a kid too. It's like, what? It's true. But but did
2: that, (laughs) like, I've had multiple conversations with people since then, and they've all been like, no, like, kids take that in, and he's probably gonna Mm -hmm. relive that. And like, you're his mom, (laughs) you're his safe place. Whereas, but I'm the kind of person who's like, well, that's how I learn. So it's like, I just, I don't know, I need to, like, realize that not everybody is the same way as me mm, and like mm. even i'm in this like workout accountability group thing and they all want each other to like oh you missed a workout that's okay you'll get the next one where i'm like if i miss a workout i want somebody to be like Amanda, you missed it for what reason like get yeah get ass- up and go yeah. fatty yeah. get your ass back in here yeah you had no reason to miss it well you know what i mean like so it's just yeah. like different ways people need different things to succeed i guess and i need shame and anger
0: i don't know you know i kind of get that though because like i when i revisit certain childhood memories i still feel that cringe from like when somebody was shaming me but like that cringy feeling is what reminds me that like hey that was an important lesson don't ever forget it yeah and like, I've had a couple people over the years kind of like grind on me for like talking to my kids that way, like saying, Hey, if you want to keep on acting like a jackass, everybody's going to hate you. <laughs> and they're like, You know, like that, that's verbal abuse. But the way I see it is that like the world can be kind of a rough place mm-hmm. and if the kids can't learn to handle harsh criticism from the people that love them the most how are they going to handle it from strangers who can't stand them already
2: see that was kind of that was my way of um justifying it as well but monica and I think she's right. And like my husband and countless other people now have told me that like, he's going to feel that from everywhere else in the world. He should feel love from his family. And I'm like, but he knows he's loved. And they're like, yeah, but the negative shit is what sticks in their head. And I'm like, I, at the end of the day, I actually agree. And I think my Mm -hmm. daughter is kind of more like me. Like I think she could handle it and you just have to like, get to know your child or whoever it is that you're dealing with. Like some people are the kind of person that need that. And other people need more like, you know, I love you, but like, calm down. Whereas, right. You know, I was like, nobody wants to be around you. You're annoying. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <that's not nice. laughs> Thank you for listening to what I like about you. Please remember to like, follow and share.
0: I am used to like getting away with things because I offer sophisticated justifications for my garbage actions And Monica's the only person I've ever met who looks straight through that and says, no, I'm not buying it, Mm -hmm. which kind of makes me look at myself and think like, what is wrong with you? Like, do you, do you like find yourself kind of examining the things that you think you're doing right and think, well, maybe I'm not doing them as right as I thought.
2: But that's, I think that's the benefit of any kind of open conversation, right? Like you should, I think any friendship or relationship should give you that. Like, that's why when you have those people in your life that you have to tiptoe around because you don't want to say something because it might offend them. I think that's not like a true friendship or relationship. If you have, those people should be questioning you and feel comfortable to question you. And you as the receiver of it should be like, oh, this person's telling me this with like love. So like, oh, maybe I am talking to my kid like an asshole. Like maybe I should. (laughs) And it did, it made me stop. And I was like, nope, I refuse to change. Like, that's the way I feel. And then by the end of it, I'm like, you know what? You're actually absolutely right. Like, you know, so it's it's nice to have those open dialogues, but it goes both ways. You have to be open to receiving it, too. It's like mm-hmm. anything in life.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what I was kind of wondering about is, is there anything that you're aware of where like the people around you have to walk on eggshells around you?
2: I am not aware but maybe like, I think my sister thinks I'm like hard to be around, but I don't know why. Maybe. Cause when we were kids, I was like always mean to her and stuff. So I think that she has some like <laughs> deep seated memories of that, but, and it's like hard to come away from it, but. Did she um, have it coming? Well, obviously. <laughs> 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 I don't yeah, know. Maybe.
1: Too, so, Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't know if I'm the
1: well, right person to ask. Ask Monica. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a question for you, Amanda.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When you do something wrong, and like you said, you're you're kind of like walking us through kind of your, your thought process. When you do something wrong, like you know you've like really hurt someone, how do you deal with that when there's nobody to like point the finger and tell you and shame you and make you do the right thing
2: oh like so can you give me an example like if I'm like
1: so like okay let's let's say for example like you're with Monica or somebody that you know you know very well and you're having a conversation you start to get careless with the things that you say and you, you know you say something that's really hurtful you know how do you kind of recover from that and okay. what do you do?
2: Okay. So I definitely, I have like very recent memories of this actually with Karst and my <laughs> husband, he, mm-hmm. we were like drinking, playing cards with some friends. And I don't like, I don't even remember what he was being like, he was trying, I don't know. It was just whatever. We were getting in an argument over the game essentially. <laughs> and I think I was like, um, emasculating him and just being a dick. And he was like pretty pissed about it, but he didn't bring it up at the time because he didn't want to start a fight in front of our friends. <laughs> so he told me about it later. And I think as I've gotten older, I've learned this. So if this like five, six, 10 years ago, this is not how it would have gone. But what happened was he was like, that was pretty fucked up. And I was like, oh, yeah, actually it was. And I just like, I take ownership. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to make you feel like a dick. Like, cause my, the thing that makes me crazy is when people don't take ownership for their own fuck ups. Like in that case, he, he was being obnoxious and like trying to explain the rules. And I like told him to shut up essentially. So at the time I thought I was right. Cause I was like, you're being annoying. Again, it's the same thing. (laughs) Like you're being annoying and nobody wants to be around you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Then it turns out I was a dick to him. So I said, you're you're absolutely right I shouldn't have done that I'm really sorry and like Mm -hmm. now it's like I I tell I told him multiple times I'm like I'm the kind of person who needs to be called out on shit so like if I'm acting like a dick can you please just like tell me or give me some sort of nudge and like be like this is bothering me this is hurting my feelings you're acting like an Mm -hmm. asshole and I I will because I like he's not the person I don't want to hurt him like he's my person like you know and sometimes I realize I'm doing it until it's too late (laughs) right
0: right I'm, I'm actually like kind of amused by what you're describing because your whole <laughs> approach both on like the offending your partner and and also on the how you recover from it from just owning things a little bit too easily this is basically like my process and i know that there are times where it makes alexis absolutely freaking mental
2: how so
1: <laughs> oh god well I don't know I guess maybe because like it's easier for him to like he's been living this message a lot longer than me like I feel like I was kind of grown up like in a home where you just you had so much pride, and you were there, you were always so defensive and so you have a hard time like seeing your own shit or realizing that it's there or taking the steps to correct it. And he, it could come so easily to him, like pointing it or it seems to me like he gets mad when I say this, because like, it seems like it looks easy, like mm-hmm. from my perspective for him to do that, but it's yeah. a little bit more difficult for me. And so when he just, it can just be so easy for him. It's just like, what wow, what? Wow. Like, yeah, it does drive me up the wall sometimes, <laughs> you know? First well, I, I feel out. like she doesn't take me
0: seriously sometimes. Cause she's like, okay, well you acted like a jerk and I'd be like, yeah, you're right.
2: Yeah. And I'm I won't sorry. do it
0: anymore. Like I'm not going to like offer an apology because I don't see the value in it. It's like, you'll know, I'm sorry. When I change my behavior.
2: No, see, right. I, right. Like
0: right. saying, I'm sorry. feels like you want me to kiss your ass.
2: No, right. no, no, no. I, I disagree with that. I think part of accepting ownership is saying the I'm like, I'm sorry for making you feel that way. And it was not my, like, I've said it a hundred times to Carson. It was not my intent to make you feel shitty. It was not my intent to embarrass you in front of our friends. Like I didn't wake up this morning trying to make you feel shitty and I'm sorry for that. So like the sorry matters. Definitely what you're saying is moving forward, don't do it again. And that's going to prove to her that whatever you said you meant, but like, I think the word sorry means a huge amount. Like even I got mad at my son yesterday because he made me wait 10 minutes in the cold and I was pissed like picking him <laughs> up from school because he was dilly-dallying inside his daycare and he came out and he's like it was their fault blah 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 I'm like Colton all I want from you is I'm sorry I made you wait mom like sometimes you just want to hear those words you know like so you're wrong sorry yeah, well, that, <laughs> no that, that's fine though I don't need to question. Like, yeah. go
0: ahead I, yeah. like oh, none sorry. of us have to agree like yeah. right
1: no but I, like, I, I find this like, like
0: go ahead Alexis <laughs>
1: sorry no <laughs> no because like this is like a good I, I like that we're talking about this because it's like why is it so important for for some of us to hear the I'm sorry and some of us like just we just don't care about that like it, it doesn't it like AC said like it's just there's no value it doesn't co- really correct anything but it's like why do we need to hear it so much is it is it just validation I is think it it's... part of the forgiveness process you know no I, th- yeah, I think yeah what do you think about it
2: you are listening to what I like about you please remember to like follow and share it's ownership it's taking ownership of your behavior it's saying what I did was wrong and I admit that and I'm like it's just a way of like pretty much taking ownership for your bad behavior I think (laughs) so
0: I'm I'm just kind of curious it's like I'm I'm big on taking ownership. Like I've got two big philosophies that I like to beat to death in the public eye. One is that offense (laughs) is taken. It's not given. The other one is that taking responsibility is more productive than assigning blame. Yeah. So it's like, if I take responsibility, I'll take responsibility by saying, Hey, I, I realize I did that. Like, maybe it wasn't my intent, but like, I can own the fact that like what I did or what I said rubbed you the wrong way. But the words, I'm sorry, don't really feel like, to me, like a necessary component. And maybe it's because I hate hearing those words myself. So I don't leave anybody else room to need okay. to hear it.
2: Can I ask yeah. you a question? Yeah. So it's like, I always talk about the love languages. So I'm back to that. But it's the same mm-hmm. idea. So you guys understand? Yeah. You guys know the whole five love languages mm-hmm.
1: thing? Uh, okay. I I. Can you remind me? Maybe some of our listeners aren't, from, aren't too familiar. If you could like so just essentially name Essentially what
2: it is, you can take a test and find out what your love language is. So it doesn't even matter for the purpose of what I'm saying, like what mm-hmm. your love language is, but there's things like, you know, um, words of affirmation, receiving gifts, whatever. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. So there's five things that you show your love to your partner. So let's say it was receiving gifts. I really like gifts. You hate giving gifts. When you don't give me a gift, I feel like, oh, he doesn't love me. It's that kind of situation. I think Mm -hmm. it's the same with this um, sorry thing. It's like if your partner needs to hear I'm sorry, but you don't care about I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. you're not speaking to them in what they need, you know? Like how hard is it to like, so that's what the point of this love language thing is. It's like knowing what your partner needs and knowing what you need and kind of like just being aware, like my partner likes to show love by buying me a gift where I like to show love by giving him a word, like, you know, I'll give him a back rub or whatever. That's like a touch one. Whereas like what the sorry thing is like, it's your partner needs to hear Alexa. Well, I don't I have a question I have for you guys.
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs>
2: but um, why, Like if she needs to hear, I'm sorry, like, and you don't care about I'm sorry, it doesn't matter. She needs to hear it. She's the other side of the friendship, the partnership or whatever it is. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: No, you know what I'm I'm actually finding interesting is like when we came into this exact subject matter, I was thinking that you and me like are just going to disagree on this. And this isn't room for common ground because like I think I'm sorry is a bullshit statement. You're saying no, it's got value. But like Mm -hmm. when you're describing your point of view, what I'm hearing is effectively like something that I've said in other contexts, which is like it's not enough To treat people how we want to be treated we need to figure out Mm -hmm. how to treat people how they want to be treated
1: and that's why the golden
0: rule i think is total bs because it's like we want to project effectively our love language on another person so it's like in my head it's yeah. registered, but I haven't put it into mm-hmm. practice because it didn't register emotionally. So but it
2: you know, I just realized it's the exact same thing with how I like to learn and be like scolded or whatever. That's how I learn. It's the same idea. Just because I learn that way doesn't mean my son's going to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's all I think mm-hmm. we're doing a full circle thing here. <laughs>
0: no, that's yeah. That's awesome. That's like exactly <laughs> what we hope to find here.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's that's why we have these conversations. <laughs> 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 look at us we're we never like- know what yeah we never know what we're going to find or discover yeah. i mean just it's i mean every ugh, god this show is so new and just i can't believe like all the stuff we pull out no it's really fun um but yeah like the whole i'm sorry thing like i struggle with that and like another thing i you know like we're talking about the gifts thing like I am a giver. It doesn't, nobody knows this about me because I don't fucking give anybody anything because I'm fucking poor. And like, (laughs) I never know what people want. And, and it's triggering for me because, you know, they're, I don't want to get into my, you know, stupid childhood trauma or whatever, but like, you know, it, it bothers me. I always feel awkward and uncomfortable sometimes. And so then I feel really badly. Like when people that I care about their birthday comes around and either I don't have something or I don't have something that I feel you know is meaningful enough but, you know what I mean and I really struggle with that because like I'm trying to like make sure that they know that I love them
2: but you, you know have to, Monica and I actually just did an episode about this I don't know if it's the one we just released or not it might have been but like it's the people that you're worried about might not even care about gifts so like my sister <laughs> yeah huge gift giver like her love language is for sure gifts so like no matter what she's got a gift for me but that means Mm -hmm. she also expects gifts and I'm like oh fuck like I don't know what do I get her so I'm like day before her birthday in the mall trying to like find something (laughs) oh do you think you like this do you you know whereas like for me I'm like I want to have her come over to my house and I want to like wine and dine her I'll cook her a meal that she likes I'll make sure she's fed I'll give her a bed you know like I'm more of like a acts of service kind of person so it's like Mm -hmm you just have to, if you're worried about giving just make sure that the person you're worried about actually cares about that because like if they don't then like what are you worried about just like hang out with them because maybe that's all they want or maybe they want a massage or maybe they want to i don't know whatever you can do like yeah
0: so like yeah. what do you what do you do when like the kind of love you have to give isn't the kind of love that they want to get
2: well that then that's the issue, right? So that's where communication comes in and you guys just have to have conversations and maybe you have to adjust your expectations. Like it just depends on mm-hmm. what the situation is, right? Like
1: you make it sound so easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, everything's <laughs> easy yeah.
2: on paper. Like <laughs> everything is yeah. everything's easy on paper. It's like fixing COVID. It's easy. Just shut everything down. <laughs> yeah. <Easy>. Um <laughs> so can I ask you guys a question? Like, what is your, how do you guys know each other? What is your relationship with each other? <laughs> oh, so you don't know. I don't know anything about you guys.
0: We actually, yeah. we we met on a podcast. Our our first ever conversation with each other was her interviewing me for her at the time brand new podcast. Okay. And we sort of yeah. stayed in contact ever since. And yeah, we, we both like were at the tail end of marriages that were not functioning and we kind of just dumped the excess baggage and decided to be together near the beginning of this conversation we had a bit of fun play diagnosing a serious mental wellness issue after listening to the recording i realized how unfair this was it really shouldn't have been as funny to me as i found it I've been accused of being dramatic when I've been legitimately diagnosed with anxiety and panic disorders. Because of that, I should have been more aware. Mental health issues are serious and shouldn't be marginalized through humor. I own that, and I'm sorry. Next time, our conversation with Amanda continues. There's a lot of good stuff in the second half, and I hope you join us.